up here at the Sheep Creek Lodge with Mark, James, and Wyatt. We're bringing you the Everyday Sniper. What are you guys up to? Say hi, everybody. Alaska Precision Rifle Course. <laughs> That's all I got to say because it rocks. It rocks the world now. We got guys from California coming over, Pennsylvania coming over, bringing quality equipment. And uh, this was a. Right, was, Wyatt was top shooter of the class, man. He had a AT, AIAT, and he shot quarter minute every 100 yard group. Yep. Easily. Yep. Easily. If you bring the equipment, you're going to have the experience, man. Yeah. We'll so uh, go ahead, Mark. Give us your rundown of what you think of what we did this uh, past, uh, last two days for this class. Was this the second or first it was the class? First, first, first class, course second of black. The, it was the first course of the June cycle. Traditionally for us, this has been five years now, the first course of the June cycle are the really serious guys. It's June, it's summer, they want to come to a course, they want to have good weather, everything lines up for these guys. They bring great equipment. It's just one of those, you know, like uh, you come to a May or a September course, you know, you're going to get these... The fringes, uh, Yeah, right. the fringe guys. The June course, first... Uh, June cycle first course always turns into the the heavy hitters, man. And, and for what you guys, for Wyatt and James, and you can talk in any order, don't matter. Um, what led you come up to Alaska Precision Rifle? Was it the podcast, the website, combination of both? Because you guys, we got uh, Wyatt came from all the way from Pennsylvania. Call him Billy Joel. He's from Allentown. <laughs> go figure. And then James is Cali. James had too many nicknames to mention. Yeah. We won't go into all of it, but it was um. <laughs> it was a little bit, but um, good. Wyatt, tell us what like brought you over to it. You are also an online training man. Both of you, yes. are online training yep. guys, yep. and it showed. It was uh, online training clones when you looked at them. But um, go ahead, let us know what you for were me. It was a podcast. Hearing, yeah, hearing what a good time you guys had on the podcast was definitely. How did that pan out? Did we have a good time? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of fun, right? It's yeah. exactly the way we build it, and 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 you know we say we're going to go have fun. But we actually go have fun. And even on the line, when it's not fun, it's fun. It's always fun, man. We make it fun. And because you guys are like Snipers Hide members, you always get people who see how I am on the internet, and then you guys now get to meet me in person. Is there a big difference? Nope. No, no, not at all. You're you. Not at all. You're 100% frank. <laughs> there you go. So the people who think like, oh, gee, he wouldn't do that in person. No, we do it in person. And you can tell because Mark does it a little worse than I do. You know, he's a little bit more uh, more cut. You killed yeah. me with the one guy. Man, it is what it is. We, we had one guy who who struggled a little bit, and 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 Mark was just cracking me up, man. Well, he sucked the life out of me. I said, <laughs> I said, I said dude, you're sucking the life out of me right now. And, and and he was just he just wasn't hitting the same place twice. It just it just wasn't well, a good experience. And, and I think actually his his ammunition was falling apart at seven eight hundred yards. And then his rail kept coming off, like his yeah. key mod was off or yeah. something, which wasn't his fault, but his bipod and everything kept loosening up. And so he'd get a couple rounds in, and then the thing would loosen up, but it would drive us nuts because it would work, work, and then not work, not work, not work. And you're like, oh, man, what do you do? You yeah. know? Check your equipment. Check yeah. your equipment before you pay money for training because when you get there, you don't want to struggle at all. You know, the only struggling you want to do is with your own fundamentals and being fixed. And James was shooting a mile high left hand gain twist that they put together for him on a defiance action. Correct. Yep. In an MPA chassis, gun hammered. How did you like that? Um, did you think you you mentioned you thought you felt the um, the gain recoil a little straighter into your pocket? I've never been recorded shooting a rifle, and one of my friends that I met up here, he decided to record me during the 
first eval. Okay. And I could see how straight back it went. Yeah. And I could feel it, how well it shot, and I was so impressed with it. And I'm like, I, I'm a left-hand game twist believer now. Yeah, yeah. And, and Wyatt with that AT, man, the entire class was just jaw-dropping. Every time you'd walk, we'd walk down 100 yards, go look at the target, and there's one hole in the paper. And, um, you know, everybody, like uh, Justin was cracking up because Justin was trying hard to match you. And we really had a lot of good shooters in this class. The Male group, and female. Yeah, maybe we had two women in the class. Uh, Captain Jen was a hammer uh, with Captain Ron's gun, but Captain Jen w- was definitely a hammer. And Kristen had an APO rifle, the Sniper's Hide Edition APO, and she, I would think, was the most improved within the class. From her eval on her first day, she was like shooting like a two-and-a-half-inch group, and then she went down to just about a half minute by the end of the class. And so I gave her pretty much one of the most improved. So and signed her rifle. You signed and her signed her rifle. rifle, signed her hat, you know, all that. I'm like, I'm like, okay, Kristen, what can I sign? And she let me sign her boyfriend's butt. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed her. I signed No, actually, we, no, we signed a hat for her. Yeah, hat. We signed an APO hat yeah. for her. But, um, yeah, so, uh, go, like, give us, like, a, just a quick impression of what you had for takeaways. Uh, I'm going to go one, you know, Wyatt and then James. What do you guys think was a takeaway from the course? Because it, it's not a long course. It's a little short, and we get it. To come up from the lower 48 for the two days, you know, you get a lot out of it because, I mean, we're on you constantly. I'm, how many rounds do you think you shot without us watching you, like on top of you? You're, all, you're watching us almost every shot. Yeah. Even if you're over to the left or to the right of us, you can still see what we're doing if we're behind the rifle, if we're crushing the trigger. If we're getting our cheek off the rest. Yelling across the rain. Hey, I, I, knock it off. And Mark's loud. You can, you can hear him no matter what's happening. Yeah, Mark so, doesn't let you get away with shit. No, no. Mark's <laughs> all over you, man. Yeah, but in a good way. It's fun. It's all fun, guys. Yeah. And even the guy I got down on a little bit today, he took it well. He wants to come back. And, and not because he did not improve. He just wants to come back because he's like, he left something on the, on the range. Mm-hmm. And basically, he wants to go back and pick that up. But, uh. No, no, no talking him back or anything. I think both of those cats are going to come back. Yeah, no, it was good. Well, Kate, the Kraken, Kalen, he improved great and was shooting really good yeah. by the end. Yeah. Kind of looked like an octopus to me in the beginning. He had like a weird body. No, he had an old man body. Yeah, he did. He had an old man body. Just like the guy from Davis last yes. year had old man body. The legs don't straighten out. They sort of crooked. They're a little bit crooked. So, so I was calling him the- Kraken because <laughs> his name was like Kalem or yeah. something. And so I called him Kraken. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. But um, yeah, why? I mean, what did you think? Cause like, you, to me, you had like perfect form right out of the gate. I mean, we even said in the eval how good you look, and then you told us you were an online training member with Sniper Side, and and James did too. James was shooting fantastic as well, not taking away anything. But like, why it was textbook perfect, and the groups all showed all the way through. And so, you know, what was your kind of takeaway and impression? Uh, it pretty much validated everything. That I, with, the, that, with, the with the online training? training yeah. yeah. And then uh, I got you a little bit off your belly because I think your next thing is to just get off your belly. You've got prone nailed. And so now it's like get off your belly. And we brought a, a, a little bench over um, from the bench rest stuff and we put a Saracen bag on it, had you shoot a little bit in the open shoot off of that stuff. And, and it was different, you know, you, you, you yeah, took a yeah. few rounds to get settled in, but then once it clicks, you start to see, okay, move your shoulders in front of your hips, do this, support this arm, and, and then, you, you, you know, you start hitting, and we just went right to a grand with that. Touching so, on his word, validation, that's, that's pretty, pretty much a good word to use, because 
you're taking the online training. You, let's say you've been a member of online training for three years. You got, well, you've watched every Frank video known to man. But without the hands-on Frank over your shoulder taking notes right, right, and right. prescribing, a, giving you a prescription on what to do, mm. basically, how do you validate that? How do you say, I'm here. Right. I'm here. I got it. I think I've mastered this. Well, now we know he's mastered it. You know, the two of these yeah. guys, basically. And, and the whole class has to master it or they can't move on. We do a, we do a uh, the end of second day, valid, um, excuse me, um, Evaluation. Yeah, we do a final. It's not a pass fail, but but it's sort of. You scare him as but it's a pass fail. You scared a couple guys. Yeah, but but it it is what it is, man. I mean, they need they're paying for something, and and they're paying good money. They have to have a takeaway. And and uh, you know, just for you guys' perspective, the team that we assembled with Chet, James, Steve, and stuff. That you know, they they're there to help. They're there to assist. And and there's no shortage of eyes on you. You know, even running down, we were done pretty quick because I changed the PowerPoint up a bit. Uh, Mark wanted it streamlined for this class, basically from May to uh, June. I, I, I knocked a few slides off, and so we were out on the range by about 1 o'clock shooting, which is about an hour earlier than normal. And, and I think that worked out great to get some more reps in, but, you know, the, the crew guys are there to help as well. And, and sending a guy down range to paint up targets, there's no real delay. You know, we're always trying to throw something. We're throwing at a hip you. pocket le lesson plan at you, something just to keep uh, your interest while they're down down painting. So there's really no downtime. You know, we don't even stop for lunch. We're still jaw jacking during lunch. You're talking about something. So. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, go ahead and like throw some. You know what you guys are thinking. Give well, wait a minute. James got to use the Thunder Beast prototype oh, bipod. Yes. Now you tell us what you think. He shows up with a Harris bipod. Wasn't struggling with it. But I said, hey, man, nobody else is asking. I've got a Thunder Beast prototype here that Ray uh, very kindly gave to me. And what do you think? I felt so lucky I was able to use it. So much locks really tight on my rifle. There wasn't any play. When I had the Harris, I could feel that there was, when I was loading it, it, it didn't feel steady enough. It, it's not square. It, People don't is. understand the Harris isn't necessarily square. And... If you're doing everything right and with that recoil pulse, you can almost feel that it's not square. And that Thunder Beast really just is a nice system. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah. Go, you, so I noticed my groups, they tightened up after right. I got the T-back on. I'm glad you let me use it for the rest of the class. Yeah. And it was a great job. I can't wait to get one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think I think they're selling, you know, they're... they're uh, the production run has become so big that now set them back a little bit. Anyway, there's there's a great anticipation for it to hit the street, and I think once it hits the street, it's gonna just wipe. And were you using a cow? Yep. Yeah, uh, and Wyatt had a cow, and I'm a great. big cow fan. I mean, there, there's 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 a bit of a price difference between a cow and a Thunder Beast. The Thunder Beast is it's Gucci. I mean, it's really nice. It's 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 definitely like you know, a, a, a heavy labeled stuff. But I think the cow does a good job. Oh. We ought to talk about, so your, um, uh, Wyatt had an Arca rail, and I don't think it really depends on who makes it, but he had an Arca rail on his, um, on his AT, and when he shot the first eval group, he had a little bit of vertical stringing with it, and we, you and I had a conversation, he goes, I just put this on, and I felt a little bounce, so go ahead and you, you explain like what you were seeing even prior to coming out here is what you told me, 
you notice the little difference in your groups when you put that arc array on. Yep, I was running an Atlas PSR on my spigot, mm -hmm. and I was getting consistently under a half inch, and then uh, I went to the cow with that that arc rail that sticks out the front about two inches. Mm -hmm. And I, I ran the bipod all the way out front, and I noticed my groups were opening up to about, you know, three quarters or so, mm -hmm. and they were stringing. So uh, I got up here, I just mentioned it to Frank, Frank agreed with me, and we moved the moved the bipod back on that rail. We moved it back two and inches. It, and it, yep, and it fixed. It fixed so there was it. no flex now, because there well, was nothing forward. Because what happened was that rail was going beyond the stock of the rifle. It was protruding, right. And because there was a little bit of bounce and flex in that, and so we said, hey, let's try this. Let's move it back the two inches to just where the stock meets it. So the front of the cow was at the front of the stock. Right. And it tightened them up. After that, all he shot was quarter minute. You know, it shot, it mean like no bullshit literal one whole quarter minute. Like we're not exaggerating the quarter minute, but it's, it's recognizing those little changes and being able to take you out of that equation and to say, something's not quite right. Well, how do we, how do we go about diagnosing that? And you, you had the answer, but it was just like, hey, let's slide it back and just see where there's more support under that rail. And it, it made a difference. And, and so that's a, an important thing to look at, that these guys make the rails thin and light and they're aluminum, there's flex in there and there's movement. And this is, you know, thousandths of an inch matter down range. And, and in your eval, you did have a little bit of vertical stringing. You know, so I think yeah. that's a great learning lesson. And you listen to the podcast, both James and Wyatt. How much do we talk about bipods? And you guys had a great example of that that we mention all the time. People always, nah, 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 the Harris is great, or this is great, or we don't need to go that direction. But I mean, you it, saw it made a difference. Yeah, it really does how hits. that works. And. You see up here how many elite irons are on the line. Over half the class, it seemed like. Yeah, Mark sets them up with an elite iron, and uh, over half the class uses them. And in our mind, it makes a difference. And guys who are willing to take that first step and try something else will notice a difference. You know, at least at least in my mind, that they will. But um, yeah. Right? The equipment will make a difference. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, well, that's a you. Like, I've always been about that. With the AI and stuff. You were just like, there's an AI, because an AI. Yeah. You know, when everybody was like dropping their jaw at Wyatt's groups and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the target package is good for you guys to shoot the thousand. Not a lot of wind here, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of out of the equation a bit. But there's just enough wind to be annoying, you know, at the farther distance. It's not so much six and in, it's usually six and out. It starts but to show There's up. not a lot of wind here, but we know what's you. Yeah. Because the wind is the great decider as to whether you're going to hit or not. And and basically, if you have wind, sometimes we can't tell your fundamentals from wind. Well, now we got all your fundamentals, you know, because because you're holding similar groups at 500, 700, 900, and 1,000. So basically, we can take the wind out of the equation and, and isolate the fundamentals. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, you guys go ahead and say, throw in something. That was one part of the Believe the Bullet exercise when we were utilizing some of the wind and we could see the splash in the dirt and then we had to re 
correct. Yep. That, that was really I had a miss on purpose. Um, yes. I, 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 I had them hold the wrong side of the target so they can miss and see it and measure. Because we had gotten done a little sooner than normal with most classes up here because of the reduction of the PowerPoint. And the guys had progressed really quick, guys and girls, had progressed really quick, really well. And so the, the next drill that I went to was a Believe the Bullet drill. And basically it's like I want you to see it, I want you to measure it, and then correct it to like the smaller target. That's What is that little one at 600, four inches? I think so. I think it's four inches at 600 yards that we put you guys on and where you can measure and then hit the four inch plate at 600 yards. So I really like doing that. And the, the, the main thing is we don't have a lot of berms here. There's only like the 500 has a berm behind it, the 600 has a berm behind it, and then the 1,000 has a berm behind it. No other target has a berm. So I put them all at 600 yards to let them see the miss, be able to make sure their positioning was correct, and then measure and correct. You know? And that's a big thing is to promote that, that reticle, promote the ruler, and, and recognize that this is all matched to your system. Measure, adjust, and cut it. You know? how, about the, how about the flow of the class, guys? <clears throat> Did you feel like any of your time was wasted? I get it. There's only there's three uh, Marine Scout snipers on the line. You're only going to get, <clears throat> in the moment, you're only going to get time with us when you're shooting in the moment because we're moving on to another shooter. But did you feel like the flow worked for you? Was there any excessive dead time? I mean, I'm asking this question now in front of everybody, but I would like to know. Give me some feedback on, on the flow. Yeah, for pros and cons, no, man, actually, it don't matter. If you, if you felt you wanted to shoot more, you should say, you know? No, I felt that I got to shoot enough throughout the whole course. What I liked is that from the fundamental eval, you gave us stuff we need to work on. So from that moment on, even if we're dry firing, we could still work on those things that we needed to improve. So even if we weren't shooting, there were still things that we could work on to help us for the next course of fire. Yeah. So that's what I felt like. I had my fundamental eval with me and my notebook to the right the whole time. And when I wasn't shooting, I was working on that. Nice. Go ahead, Wyatt. Um. And even, like, when I wasn't shooting, I was listening to what you were saying to other people. Yeah. You you're, you're, keeping, so. you're keeping an eye and an ear on It's a tight line. It. It's not a strong outline. It's a tight line. And we've got overheads. There's, uh, there's, we've got berms on either side. Everybody can hear everything that's going on, you know. And you guys lucked out in the weather. The weather was beautiful yeah, for us. Beautiful. I mean, there was a little sprinkle here, but nothing that mattered. You know, it was basically somebody spitting one, you know, half hour at one point. But we, with the covered lines, it was good. Um, the weather was good, and so I, I think that worked in everybody's favor. Uh, the mirage was down a bit. We, we had like maybe a half hour of mirage that got a little muddy at a thousand. Some days can be pretty intense. Yeah, because it's so, the, the moisture content's so high up here, the mirage gets kind of really soupy at times when the sun's right there. But we had a lot of good crowd, uh, cloud cover, so I don't think it got too soupy, which makes it a little bit easier on <laughs> scopes and everybody as a the class as a whole. But um, did you get to, what did you think of the Alaskans, man? Because you're lower 48 guys. Oh, well, they're great people. They're yeah, nice. yeah, fun. Down to earth. Yep. Nice people. Yep, definitely salt of the earth guys. And everybody's everybody's real positive, real pro. I, I think everyone got along really well in the class. There was no, oh, that guy's bugging me, you know, none of that kind of stuff. And yeah. we the blast things on your on James with the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there on the very right by myself, but 
the people, other guys using the brakes, you know, we came friends. You had Pete talking. next to you with the cannon, man. Yeah. Pete, Pete's cannon was about putting a hole through the blast shields we use. But, um, he, and that worked out. He had, dude, your lines with the husk. For <laughs> your song with the husk. Oh, the husk, oh, the husky song? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys sing? How did it go? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, my, uh, husk, my world husk, turns. Oh, no. Uh, uh, with Husqvarna, my world turns baby blue. Because <laughs> of those baby blue turrets they got on there. And, and the they never quite line up. It, it's a, uh, Pete was getting nervous uh, when I was taking. I want to be a fan. Yes, but I think I had I had one James comment. I had one comment on the line was, and the husky guy was on my right, and I had a really nice <clears throat> attacker on my left, and I said Frank. Frank was working with the guy with the husky, Pete, and I said Frank, look, we have the wheel, and we have the reinvented wheel. You know, basically they took. If, if, if you want that kind of scope, just buy a tactical scope because it's not going to do. You're going to have, uh, you're going to have to take notes yeah. on the Huskies uh, notches. Well, it's and a it's a BDC turret exactly. customized to a certain thing, but it's meant for a 200 yard zero. Yep. But there is, like, there's reference points, but they don't make any sense under 200 yards, and then it just stops at 800 yards for the BDC. But it's a target type turret. So we wanted him to do the 100 yard zero like everybody else. And then I said, I'm going to line him up. But I took him around the block, not in a, in a straight line, to figure out what his 100 yard was on that turret and then matching up his BDC. And so I had a plan in my head that I really am not going to outline to him. I'm just going to do it. Pete was getting like a little bit. He was getting a little. Uh, and anxious, then when I brought anxious, him yeah. at three, and when I did it, and then got him back at one hundred this morning, he was sold. He saw a smile. On yeah. Him. He well, because then when we went back to shooting out to distance after the paper this morning, and he hit, 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 hit. Because what I did is, I zeroed. I I didn't like adjust the turret zero. I just dialed it till he was on at one hundred. But we had, yesterday, I lined up his 300-yard impact with the 300-yard mark on the BDC. Then I dialed him down to, you know, that below 200 to 100. And originally, we started in one place. Then today, I brought him to a second place. And I didn't change his turret. But I brought him over, and I said, now this is your 100-yard zero and we went to make like a sharpie mark on it but then then i said okay now your three lines up this hundred lines up let's go out for the rest to eight he went all the way out first round hit all the way to eight and then he was like hey man i'm out of adjustment for the bdc i said no but you still got it so then like his a uh, thousand because we skipped nine and then come back so we went straight from eight to a thousand so his thousand ended up being his 800 yard BDC, and then from that reference point, I dialed him, it was second rev on the turret now, to four. So I said, now your thousand yard is eight, eight plus to four. four. Yeah. Eight plus four, like our old yeah. Unurl. Yeah. Yeah. I did him like the old yeah. Unurl. I said, you're eight <laughs> plus four. So you're on the second rev, go right to four, and he, he, you know, he wailed that a thousand, and then brought him back, and it all lined up. But the, 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 the trip I took him on, was not a straight line, and he was getting a he little... He was lost. 
He was well, like, he was he didn't understand your trip, right? Because you were tripping, he wasn't tripping. He was just yeah. shooting. Yeah, yeah. And basically, mushrooms are legal in Denver now. Well, so I was tripping, dude. <laughs> so, you know, but it, it, it all worked out. And he came. He's high five me. He was happy, and here he had his hunting rifle with his Huskama scope and his BDC turret, and it all worked out because I trued it up on one thing. I got it dialed up. I had a zero here, a zero there, then moved them back, and boom, it was on. So I thought that was a, a, a good little, and that's what we find up here, where the lower 48s, we tend to see rifles like your guys. You know, what you see is the majority of the, yeah, of the really nice, you know, really nice. RPRs and stuff mixed mm-hmm. in, which you see the RPRs work on the line. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we don't see the hunting rifles to the degree we see them up here. And this class that was, was the best of the West. Yeah, it was always oh, a best of the West gun, it was right? The best right. Of the West, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, no, I think that worked out really well, and it was fun. So I had a good time with it. What else, man? We didn't have any breakdowns. We no, didn't nope. have to replace any rifles. Nope. No rifles replacements. No scope replacements. Yep. Uh, all good equipment. This class. We a saw a Howa. A Howa. We saw a Howa. Yeah. I I have mixed feelings at this moment about the Howa. It was the first one I've dealt with on the line up here. And, it, it just uh, had a weird bolt I don't, for him. Yeah, it shot and fine. Well, the bolt manipulation was a little off. The the relationship with the um, magazine was a little bit off. Yeah, and, and so uh, I think it needs his cam ring. What it was is when he cammed this bolt up. If his if his cam ring was not a flat line across, it wanted to bind. So if he didn't, when he got it to the top of the cam. If he didn't stay right there and yeah. come back, if he moved it any degree, it bombed. So he had to make sure that left side line when the when the bolt cams over was a straight line. If that line was broken in any degree because of you know movement on the bolt with his hand, it, it would bind a little bit. So I mean that's a tough thing to control for him but yeah I think it was it, you know it shot fine it will just, it get traction in the price point sure yeah you know because it's a lower it's a it's a pretty low price point but uh ah, the jury's still out for me and then uh I guess James goes back tomorrow tonight right? tonight and midnight. then uh Wyatt when you get you're here for a while right you're on like a vacation uh, up here yeah another two days oh yep. two days um, yep you yep. gonna hang out with us or what yeah. He's nice. going to hang out with us. Nice, so man. Gonna, we got a student who won't go home. Nice. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really good thing. You know, you guys were fantastic with the class. And uh, the Sheep Creek, right? Parties, man, the all night. How does this yep. place treat you? Oh, this place is great. Food's it, knows, great. it knows me and Frank. I mean, we come here, we spend, we've got 100 nights plus here now in the lodge. But you just spending a couple nights here, how do you get treated? Awesome. Well, nice Robbie, right? place. How does Robbie know everybody? Like? Yeah, he knows everybody's name. Yeah, like knows this... what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to ask him. What did you say this morning? That was a Miller Group or something. Oh, oh, he yeah. said to me, <laughs> the Miller Factor. The Miller Factor. <laughs> he, he's drinking some Miller Lights here, and he go, and he comes this morning. It was a little rough morning, man. He was like, "Oh, that's a Miller Factor right there." I started cracking up. That was a good one. But now we try to throw as much information as we can without overloading you, and and just hammering on that technique, that position, and making sure when you go away from here that even if you compromise a bit, you're still in a much better place. You know, it's up to you to maintain. And remember, when Frank says we took away from the PowerPoint presentation a little bit, it's not a takeaway, it's a giveaway. Because what we're doing is now we're taking what we are really good at, which is hands-on on the line, and now you're going to get, even if it's only an hour more of that, it's going to be a productive hour. 
And that productive hour, especially up front on day one, is going to produce greater results on day two. I need you all on the same page. And you think that the presentation put us on a similar talking point and page? I know you guys are online training, guys, so you've heard me say it before. But for, like, just in your mind's eye, do you see getting everybody on the same page with that presentation? You know, because I didn't, I, it was really, I just took away redundant stuff, things that I've mentioned. We talked about this after last class. It's yeah. just like, frankly, if we cut, um, there was no number associated with it, but if we cut six slides and we at three minutes a piece, that's 20 minutes. There's 20 more minutes that we get to spend on the rifles with the student. And basically, I think that makes money down the down. Yeah, the oh, you know, yeah. as far as for you guys go. Yeah. But, they, I mean, did the presentation at least flow and keep it kind of entertaining, keep you from falling asleep? Absolutely, and I think it really it complements your online training okay. because it's it's presented a different way. Mm -hmm. It's it's it's. I do the car setting. analogy a lot in the class. Bring it to your your mirrors, your seats, and your and your wheel in the car. So so it really helps us to get that focus on what we need to do that day, and then you're making sure everyone's on target every time and you don't let them get away with anything at all <laughs> no nah, man and we're I, not we're, you're not paying us for us to watch you hit a target on our range we're you're not, not paying me to stare through my my spotter scope you, you're paying actually for me to look at your cross side one eye through the spotter scope one eye on you and basically catch everything i mean that, that's the thing is is it's when you're shooting steel a lot of people are just looking for the touch we want you to be either grouping or centered on that water line. We're really pushing that water line a lot with everybody. And you see us play with people a little bit. Go up one, go down one, come up one, come, and we'll repeat, you know. All right, go up one. Nope, come down two. Nope, go back up one. And we're trying to play that water line and making sure that it's point of aim, point of impact to the best of that shooter's ability and that scope's ability to get centered up. And but, when we have too many splashes on target, what do we do? You go Stop, paint again. And we go paint. Because I don't want, you know, we got a 15 guys on the line, <clears throat> seven guys have shot three, four rounds on target now. That's 21 hits on a target. Uh, how can I truly say I saw your splash unless I see your splash? We'll stop right now, go down, have somebody paint them, and then start over. And that way we're getting solid, uh, solid feedback for everybody. And, and that's the benefit of the, of the team that we have, like between me, you, and then Chet and everything. You, we're alternating who's on glass and who's watching the student, you know, and, and it's not just hanging back behind you guys and making, you know, funny faces when you do something wrong. We have somebody on you and we're there and it's not just like he touched steel, let's move on. You know, we're trying not to be, even though some of the plates might be quite big. And that's just to help some of the hunting rifles. Mainly. Actually to help us. It yeah. To get them on and then guide them to the center. Yep. Yeah. And then get them point of aim, point of impact. But I, I think that there's a lot of people out there where you're paying them to just, you know, watch the target. They don't watch you. And it's, it's, it's you know, time on their range. But it's just not instruction. It's just a guided tour. You know, we're guiding your. Here's a guided tour. With stories, of my you gotta have stories. Stories. Oh, there's the big story. We do stories too, though. I was yeah. thinking about but that. But our last stories night. are legit. Yeah. <laughs> our stories are. We do have legit stories, yeah. huh? We got legit. Yes, catch rag story. We got. They love that one. That, that one came out timely, and it was good. Yeah. Um. You know. But, uh, it's not. Stories are at the Sheep Creek. The stories aren't on the line. You know. I don't know if you guys noticed that. We're not on the line. No, it's all business. Yeah. All it's it's business, man. In in. The stuff on the line is to make you a better shooter. The stuff at Sheep Creek is the entertainment and the fun and, and laughing and all that stuff. 
and and yeah, but we're not Sergeant Story Time or you know Faco Story Time. It's 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 fun, man, for us because we have to be entertained too. We're not here to impress you. We just are. <laughs> we just are gonna. But it makes it yeah, such a good time for gone. someone coming up from California or the lower 48 because I came here with nobody. Yeah. I didn't know anybody, and I'm out in the wilderness. But once we're done, we all hang out till late in the night. People are ringing the bell. We're telling great stories, and it's just a lot of fun. It makes you have fun during the shooting, fun afterwards, fun during dinner, and fun after that. I can't imagine what you're going through being from California, sir. This is, this is culture shock right here. But no, we want guys visiting. One guy's coming up from Lower 48. Uh, we got plenty of Alaska students. We want, um, we were branching out, Frank. We're branching out. Yeah, I think we're talking about making it a, a little bit friendlier for guys. If we could do a, a full Lower 48 class, a little bit destination, maybe like a three-day. Logistically, we haven't figured it out yet. But it is something on our mind. But the back, the back. And it needs to mirror this. Yeah. Because if we don't have this entire package relationship, it's not going to be the same. So it's stuff. We're, it, we're we're definitely working on it. But we love having the the guys coming up from. Yeah. It's a trip, man. I'm, how many hours was your flight from Pennsylvania to here? Oh, uh, with a layover, I think it was twelve. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a substantial investment to come up that way. But uh, you know, I think it's it's probably some of the best best times people can have, man. It's fun. You know, so and, and we're working on the back to backs and the different things. So it's not coming up for a two day course. It's coming up for four days, four yeah. days, or you know something to that effect where you get a lot out of it. But no, I mean it's great. Um, we're gonna wrap up. Uh, James got to get on the plane. He's got like twenty minutes before he's got to go. And uh, why it's gonna be here? And we got people upstairs. New class already here, new right? Class. Yeah, see yeah. how we work. I just yeah. met us. Yeah. Six new people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we the new class is already rolling in. We're already starting all over. Um, but you guys, thanks for coming up. Thanks for being part of the class. You guys were fantastic. In uh, you know, I don't have else to say. But thanks for the guys listening too. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, amazing thank time. Yeah, can't wait to come back. Class is well worth it. Let's go drink. We're going drinking. Hold on, hold on. Shake them, shake them. Yeah, we're going drinking. <laughs>